Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. All right, Grace. Let's talk about uh, Cincinnati, the deal that we're working on. Um, but first, before we talk about that and, and kind of why we're excited about um, being a little bit more recession-proof than others, um, tell me what's going on with your real estate company. I mean, I know you guys are very, very well-backed. And I don't know, just tell me what's going on with you guys. And I know there's other companies in the area laying people off and, yeah. and struggling. Yeah. So I'm in Silicon Valley, San Jose, uh, Santa Clara County, right? So I'm part of Intero Real Estate, which is backed by Berkshire Hathaway. So right. first of all, we have a really strong company that's backing us. Yeah. Plus, you know, Intero has always been doing a good job uh, supporting agents and clients. So we're full service. That means we have a legal department. And, and the legal department from day one of the shelter in place, you know, we have like numerous Zoom calls talking about what are the agents supposed to do, what we can and cannot do to protect our clients during this time. Right. Okay. So I think the strength of the company really shows during a crisis that we're having right now. And Sam and I, we talked a lot about investments and we always look at I mean, we're not planning for the worst case scenario, but we need to be prepared for it. That's right. kind of how I operate. Of course, we are positive people. We're optimistic on a lot of things. But, you know, if the bottom fell, fell out, like, what are we going to do? Do we have the contingency plan in place? So that's why I thought it would be great that I check in with you regarding the uh, Mount Airy projects that we are looking uh, gonna close pretty soon and like let's just look at the numbers right now and see yeah. what, how, how are they looking so if you look at this deal we're buying it for 15 million and right here where it says operating capital any deal that we do we have to have minimum three months we like to have six months of expenses paid up front so basically this goes into a bank account and if anything happens, we can still pay our mortgage, all of our employees, all of the utility bills, all of the expenses will be paid out of this operating capital budget. So that's really, really important right now because guess what? People aren't paying rent. And if mm -hmm. you don't have an operating capital budget as an operator or a property owner, you could be in serious, serious trouble. So one thing Grant Cardone just did is he just suspended all distributions to his investors. A lot of people are very angry about it or really frustrated. Here's the thing that you have to remember, the PREF still accrues. So it's not like he's not going to pay him. The preferred return or the return that he's told his investors he's going to give them is still accruing and he still has to pay them that money. What he's doing is he's making sure that this operating capital budget is big enough to weather a crazy, crazy storm. What if coronavirus shutdown lasts another three months? That would absolutely right. decimate most property owners, just absolutely destroy their, their ability to pay the mortgage. And guess what? Mortgage forgiveness is not that good of a deal. 
So there's, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they're saying that they'll do mortgage forgiveness and it's really not that great of a deal. I wouldn't do it. And all the operators I've spoken to want nothing to do with it because you owe a big lump sum after a few months of deferment and you will be a jaded and marked investor for the rest of your life because they will remember and it will show that you had to defer your mortgage. So this one is the offering memorandum that you're showing us. So that's the, the literature that they put out when you go to a syndicator and they have a project, right? So this is the offering memorandum. Yeah. So this one is what question we to present to our, our investors. So, you know, minimum investment, hundred thousand, this one, the preferred return was 8%. So that's what you get every year, 8%. Um, and it accrues. If I can't pay you 8% this year, then I've got to pay you 8% plus whatever I didn't pay you this year the following year. And then after okay. the 8%, any money left over is a 50-50 split between us, the operators, and the investors. So that's kind of a quick and dirty so you can understand what we're looking at. And, and Grant Cardone and all these other operators are very, very similar. He offers, I think, a five pref or a six pref on most of his deals. Okay. So the number, the page you were showing us before is showing the 600,000. It's a six month working capital. Right. Right. And yep. so how do I know what is the actual, do they show what's the actual? And so I know that it is a six months. It's not a two months or three months. Like you have to kind of do the yeah. math and know how to read this and do the math yourself. Yeah. Right? So that's why I jumped to our projected P and L. You can mm -hmm. actually look and see what our expenses are at for a year. So we're at mm -hmm. 1.2 million for a year. Mm -hmm. And so if you divide that by 12, that's, you know, hundred thousand a month. So we actually okay. have a little bit less than six months built up because our debt service, the mortgage is also about 50,000 a month. So total we're about 150,000 a month. So that puts us at four months of working capital on this deal. However, we also have a CapEx reserve. So every year we put an extra $70,000 into a different slush fund account or a different reserve account. CapEx is capital expenditures. And that's for any type of repairs that we need to put in the property. Well, guess what? We can draw on that as well. And this is why value add deals are so much lower risk, by the way, because when we close, we have a huge amount of money set aside up front. So if you add our capital improvement budget to our operating capital budget, we have $2.3 million set aside at closing to operate mm -hmm. this building, to do mm -hmm. all the repairs, to pay the mortgage if we can't pay the mortgage, to mm -hmm. pay the expenses. So mm -hmm. to me, that's extremely low risk. When you buy other assets like an A-class asset where you're not doing capital improvements, you don't have a rehab plan, maybe you only raise a tiny bit of money for this operating capital, you have way less wiggle room. And that's higher mm -hmm. risk. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know, that that just scares me. And that's why I haven't targeted A-class assets or D-class assets that are just in the ghetto and no one's paying rent. I want to be right in the middle with a mm -hmm. very healthy operating capital budget, a very healthy CapEx reserve budget, a very he healthy capital improvement budget, so that you and my other investors just don't have the risk that they would on, on other properties. Yeah. Yeah, good to know, because sometimes you get an offering memorandum and how do you read it? 
how do you read it intelligently? It's a very, because you are investing a lot of money and unfortunately yeah. some of these, you know, uh, uh, syndicator, they're very good salespeople. They can sell you anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why, how I operate normally is to like, okay, what are the numbers and do comparison and know how to read it and the hidden math that you need to know how to do when reading a package like this. Yeah. And, and so there's a couple big no-nos. What a lot of uh, operators say is they're going to fund the capital improvements from the cash flow. Mm. That is a very big problem mm. because if you have down units, if, if you have a cash flow issue, you can't rehab those units. You can't get renters in there. And so then you're stuck between a rock and a hard place of you can't rent the units, but you need more cash flow. And so a lot of people get into some serious trouble trying to fund those improvements, those capital improvements, the rehab just from cash flow. So that's why at closing, we're 100% funded for our capital improvement budget and we're 100% funded for our operating capital budget. And then because mm -hmm. we already have that money set aside, then we start adding even more every single year to the CapEx reserve budget. So if, mm -hmm. if an operator is not willing to share their plan and it, it is in the PPM, so the private placement memorandum, it will be in mm -hmm. there. It will be a hundred pages and hard to read, but I would ask them to show it to you where it is in the PPM. There's investors right now slamming Grant Cardone saying, he didn't tell me about this. He changed this. He changed this. And in reality, they had to read and then sign a PPM that explains exactly what they're complaining about. So the real fact is they didn't read the PPM or they didn't right. know where to look for it in the PPM. I would say most investors don't even read it though. They trust what they're being told. They try to remember, they remember differently. So there's actually a guy I know personally that's just doing video after video, how angry he is at Grant Cardone. And I've read the PPMs. I've read Grant's PPMs. I know exactly what's in there. And this guy is totally wrong. So that's why I want Grant on my podcast is to help him or have him help explain what he's doing. Because I think, I don't think he's in trouble. I think he's doing some very drastic measures that have some people very scared, but I'm guessing everything he's doing is spelled out in his PPM. Investors will still get paid. I just don't think most people understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it is important to know how to read this. A hundred page of financial statement. It's not yeah. people who are not in a, being a CPA or in the financial industry would know how to read. And after oh, a while, yeah. what unless, is the you're, right number, unless right? you're a syndication attorney, you're right. going to just, you're not going to know where to look in that hundred page PPM. So I would say talk to either a syndication attorney, have him point it out. Or yeah. talk to someone like you or me who's read a bunch of these and we can help you look at it. And I'm not an attorney, but happy to help. But you, we've read enough. So we know what to look for. And we have people to go to if we like the attorneys and mentors to go to and say, OK, what is the right number for that particular geolocation? You yeah. know, uh, an apartment in the Midwest may not operate in the same kind of amount of money that in somewhere else, right? In the, in the, in the West Coast or something. So what is the right number? And the reserve is, you know, mm -hmm. the areas with tornadoes, areas with earthquake, like what are the emergency funds you have to right. put in place? Which for, we've used. We, so it's yeah. funny you mentioned that. One of our property was destroyed by a tornado last year. 
And oh, guess what that money was used for? It was used to put the tenants up in hotels because their homes mm -hmm. were destroyed. Insurance isn't yeah. going to get you your money that fast. So if you don't have money set aside to take care of tenants, then you've got 200 homeless people that are really your responsibility that you can't pay for. And right. no one wants to be in that situation or the Dallas one that we were working on. The it wasn't a tornado. It was a windstorm. Like half the roof blew off. We had to put those people in hotels, which we paid for out of pocket and then start the repairs immediately while we yeah. fought with the insurance company. They wanted to give us 50,000 after a couple of months of fighting, they ended up giving us a million dollars because that's what the budget was to replace the roof. But in the meantime, we yeah. needed that money to pay for those items and take care of the tenants. Yeah. So uh, having the investor's interest in mind is important. But like you said, we're dealing with families, with kids that this is their home and we need to do the right thing right. Uh, when something happens to make sure they're taken care of as well. That's more important. You know, I, it's you can do the right thing by both parties. You know, you can do the right thing by the investors and by the tenants and by mm -hmm. yourself. It's there's no win lose scenario for us in any of these deals. It's always a win win win, and we yeah. do it right. Everyone's happy, and and we're doing a good job. That's right. That's right. So okay. So let me just summarize what we talked about and what we wanted to let the viewers know is you know know what uh, class uh, of category of uh, property you investing in, right? So mm -hmm. value add is better than a cost because of the capital, you have a little bit more money. Hopefully you raise enough money right. and not from operating income to do the uh, renovation. So you at least have some more money. Raised, more wiggle room. Yes. When you uh, uh, purchase the deal, right? And yep. then also look at what's the total expense for the month and divide it by the capital reserve yep. uh, that is being raised and kept. And that's your rainy day funds when something happens. Absolutely. That's huge. Make sure you look at the PL, make sure you look at the pro forma and there's a CapEx reserve. There's a, that's for capital improvements in the future that you may need. And there's an operating capital budget that you need to know if they're raising that up front or if they're planning on funding that from cash flow. We always raise it up front because Mount Airy, we're closing in seven, seven days about. And guess what? We're closing during coronavirus. We need to make sure we have that money funded up front and ready to go. Yeah, that's great. Great info. Thank you. Cool, Grace. Well, thanks for uh, jumping on with me again today. Appreciate you being on, though. Thank you, though. This is very good information. Awesome.